Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode... What number is it? Haha, <laughs> 289 of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you're having a great day. Do all the episodes blend together for all of you after a while? They don't for me. Everyone is different, unique, individual, and they teach a nice, fun point about poker. If you want to take your game to the next level, go back and watch all of the previous episodes of Weekly Poker Hand. They are all available on my YouTube channel completely for free for you. And if you like my content there, click like, click subscribe, and share it with your friends. Here we're playing a 1025 No Limit game at Best Bet in Jacksonville. The action is pretty wild, so that's a lot of fun. And in this hand, Brian, with a 200 big blind stack, elects to limp from early position with four or three of clubs. I would much prefer a raise or bold, but he decides to splash around. Bart Hansen, a strong cash game player, raises in the hijack seat with pocket kings, which is perfectly fine. Pocket kings are great. Definitely raise. I might even raise bigger in this game. Um, Bart is playing about 180 big blinds deep or so. I think I just go ahead and make it more like... Um, like 150, maybe even 175. I realize that a you know standard raise in these games is to five times the limp. But in this particular game, if you've been watching or listening to the previous episodes of Weekly Poker Hand, you know this game is wild and people just aren't folding. So when people don't fold, you exploit them by raising a little bit bigger. So I think I would have preferred more like 150 or 175 because you're just gonna get called by all sorts of garbage the limpers limping with. And then they're going to be in a bad spot out of position after the flop, right? Um, not on this flop, though. Flop comes ace-5-2, giving the 4-3 the straight. And uh, Bart Hansen, not a very good hand. So, <laughs> Brian does check his 4-3 of clubs. You may say, why not lead with your straight? Well, the problem with leading here is that if your opponent does not have an ace, you're going to have a difficult time getting a lot of money in the pot. And if they do have an ace, you're going to be able to get a lot of money in the pot anyway. So this is a situation where you definitely want to be doing a whole lot of checking to the preflop raiser. And Bart, with his very clear marginal made hand, kings are a marginal made hand on ace-5-2, um, you just need to check. That said, you could bet. I have no problem with betting small in this scenario with your whole range, betting something like $100 into the $290 pot. That's going to get called by worse pairs. It's going to get called by maybe even some floats like jack-10 of spades for backdoor straight draw, backdoor flush draw. And you'll extract a little bit of value. So I think either checking or betting small with a very, very wide portion of your range is fine. But if you do want to have a checking range, some of the hands that you want to first put in your checking range are exactly hands like pocket kings. Because if they're ahead, they're not really susceptible to being outdrawn. But if you're behind, you're nearly dead, right? Um, you'd much prefer to bet a hand like perhaps pocket sevens compared to pocket kings. Because notice pocket sevens is very susceptible to being outdrawn. Because if your opponent does have, let's say, jack-10 of spades, you'd rather them either put money in the pot or fold, right? Um, but with kings, if jack-10 of spades sticks around in this pot, it's not that big of a deal. So, um, Bart does like the check, which I think is perfectly fine. And the turn is a two. So now, once it goes check-check on the flop, it's kind of unfortunate for Brian because he has a very, very premium hand in a spot where Bart probably has a marginal made hand. In this scenario, on ace-5-2, when it goes check-check, you can be pretty sure your opponent has a marginal made hand because this is a flop that should get bet at a very high frequency, right? So when your opponent does elect to check, it's usually going to be with a bad ace, like ace-4, right? 
or with a hand like Pocket Kings. So that range is definitely going to call any reasonable turn bet. So this is a neat scenario where I think the right play for Brian is to take his time, notice these snap bets here, um, take his time, take 15 seconds, and then put out a pretty big bet, like $250 or $300, because an ace, ace four is never folding, and uh, pocket kings is never folding. You may say, like, pocket kings loses to any ace, why wouldn't pocket kings fold? Well, if you're folding pocket kings after you check it back on the flop, you're probably just folding a little bit too much. And you have to realize, when it goes check, check on the flop, especially in an aggressive game, you've induced a bluff, right? You look like you don't have an ace to some players, and if it looks like you don't have an ace, well, they're going to attempt to bluff you some portion of the time. And, and Brian's in there playing pots, so it's not like he's a super knit or anything. So I do like a bet, and I would bet kind of big, like 250 bucks. He does bet. He threw his chips off the camera, so I don't know how much he bet. He bet 150 so I would have gone a little bit bigger. Obviously, Bart's going to call here, like I said. And the river is a nine, and this is where it's kind of a tough spot for Brian because Bart, like I said, has a whole lot of ace-x and pocket kings, pocket queens, pocket jacks. So how much will those hands realistically call? And this is one of these scenarios where an ace may call any bet, right? But pocket kings may only call a medium bet, like $400 into the $590 pot. And... This is where like game dynamics, the way your opponent views you, all of that's very important because in this loose, gambly, splashy game, I actually like a really big bet from Brian because in this game, players were in there battling. So the pot's 590. I wouldn't mind a pot size bet, maybe even bigger, like a thousand because I don't think Bart's gonna fold an ace. And to be fair, he probably shouldn't fold an ace given the way this particular game is playing. Um, in a regular game, I think I'd go a little bit smaller, more like 400, because then I think kings are going to call 400 every time, and ace is going to call 400 every time, and, you know, you're really not missing a whole lot of value in that scenario by betting 400 as opposed to, let's say, 600, because if you bet 600, then maybe a hand like king starts to fold out, right? So, given this particular game, I like a big bet, and I don't know what dynamic these two players have. But I do know that Bart has, is kind of having a rough go at it. I remember he lost with pocket aces to the 8-2 suited um, a few episodes ago of Weekly Poker Hand. So whenever your opponent is having a rough go at it, I really like just putting them in weird, tough, rough spots. So I think I would actually go big. And um, it is worth mentioning for those listening here, the turn did bring a backdoor flush draw. So there are some backdoor flush draws that Brian could easily have that would bet the turn and then need to bet the river, right? Like Jack-10 of hearts, for example. So... This is a situation where I think there are a decent amount of bluffs, which allows you to make a big bet with your best hands. You may say, well, what if you bet big and get raised? Look, you're not getting raised very often at all. If you do get raised, it's going to be by the random super slow played pocket aces or rivered pocket nines. I mean, your opponents just aren't going to raise when you bet $1,000 on the river. The nice thing about making giant river bets is that you are very polarized. And if you are very polarized, your opponents just really cannot raise you without a very strong hand or a really, really, really good blocker. I'm like, what's a good blocker here? Like, is ace, ace four ever raising you on the river as a bluff? Like, no, this is not happening. So I like a big bet. Brian is taking his time here and looks like he's uh, cutting out a pretty big bet. So that's nice. I like it. Pot was $590 and he bet 
600, so right at pot. I think he probably could even go a little bit bigger, like I said. Um, and this is just a bad spot for Bart. Now, should Bart call or fold? Let's take a second and think about this. He checked, checked the flop, called the turn bet, and now, here, now he's here on the river facing a big river bet. When his opponent bets big on the river, the opponent's essentially saying that he has a polarized range. So if he has a polarized range, what is that on this board? That's going to be some twos. Your opponent really shouldn't have a whole lot of twos. That's going to be a good ace that, uh, you know, your opponent's probably not limping ace, king, or ace, queen. And um, pre-flop, right? So you can kind of take away ace, king, and ace, queen. You can also take away a lot of twos because people just don't play 5-2 two too often. Or 9-2 or whatever to 8-2. To so that you can take away that. So really, Brian is essentially representing a full house, which there are only so many combinations of that. Because remember, he bet the turn, right? He probably wouldn't bet pocket nines on the turn that got there on the river, which means he only has pocket fives available and one combination of pocket twos. So that's a whopping four combinations of hands. And uh, maybe you could have a hand like ace two or ace five, right? That, that makes some sense. Maybe ace nine even value bets the turn. That makes some sense. So there are combinations of those. But there really are a lot of busted draws as well. Um, I really would not be expecting to see 4-3 suited all that often, so I would kind of discount that. So given Bart does not have a heart in his hand, it makes uh, there are way more combinations of hearts available, right? Because he can have king, queen of hearts, king, jack of hearts, king, ten of hearts, king, nine of hearts, all those. So I certainly would not fault Bart, Bart for a call in this scenario, but I do think the default play, the standard play against most people in regular games is to just fold. And the idea here is to check behind the flop with some bad ace-x and some kings and queens and jacks, call the turn with the majority of that, and then fold the river with the kings, queens, and jacks, and then just call the river with an ace. Because when you have an ace in your hand, I realize like all these hands are almost the same value, but when you have an ace in your hand, it makes it less likely your opponent also has a good ace, so it's, it's like a good blocker to call with, right? Whereas when you have pocket kings, your opponent could still have all of the aces available that may, happen, may, may bet in this manner. So in a regular scenario, I think this is just a fold, but in this particular instance, I actually don't mind a call. So tough spot for Bart, and um, seems like he's saying <laughs> close spot as well. And whenever it's a close spot, you know, what can you do? You call or fold. I typically like calling in these scenarios. I lean towards calling. And that's just because when you call, you get information about uh, the future that you can use in the future, right? Whereas when you fold, you don't really learn anything. So anyway, he gets shown the 4-3 of clubs, and uh, don't know how this session's going to end for Bart, but clearly, it is not his day. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are watching this on YouTube, click like, click subscribe. That goes a long way to helping me. And if you're listening on one of the various podcasting apps, please leave a review or go to iTunes and leave a review. That also helps me and helps the show a lot, more than you would think. So that's it for today. Good luck. Have fun. I'll talk to you next time.